by trying to change people by, uh, by behavior modification, and it just does not work. Amen? It just doesn't work. But when you know who you are, it's, it's totally different. And so with this Godhead series, it's just, I'm just trying to reveal the Father. Because listen, if you know who your Father is, you know who you are. That's the pro problem with the whole problem in, 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 in our, our church circles is identity. The root of it is identity. Like until I, until I know God, like until I know God, I can never know me. Does that make sense? If my relationship with God is somehow marred by, uh, by my experiences, uh, by maybe teaching uh, that, that is not, uh, does not line up with Jesus' revelation, you know, I tell you, you know, uh, that uh, if we are worshiping a God that doesn't look like the God that Jesus revealed, then we're worshiping another God. And therefore, uh, we, we, have, uh, we have lost our identity. In the garden, the fall was all about the loss of identity. You know, when, when Moses asked God, he says, show me your glory. God says, I can't show you my face. And I'm telling you, and the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. What is the issue with humanity? The issue with humanity is not sin. It is the falling short of the place that they have fallen from. We were crowned in glory, in dominion and power. And what we did is we fell short of glory. And all this while, this whole thing is about mankind getting back to glory. But what is glory? Glory is the image of God. Show me your glory, God. I cannot show you my face. That's what God's response was uh, to Moses. And I'm saying to us today, we're trying to get back to the place of being glorified. The glory, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is that hope of glory? The hope that you will come back to the place from which you've fallen, for all have sinned and fallen short of glory. We think about glory as a cloud that drifts through a room and and we think about glory in terms of all these manifestations that we've heard about. But the whole point, what God sees when he thinks of glory is he thinks of you looking like me. That you, you listen, in the spirit you already look like God. So when he sees you, he sees himself. The problem is when you look in the mirror, you don't see God. You see yourself because you're looking at flesh. You don't know that you're already 100%, that you're 100% holy because you're looking at something that's temporal, trying to determine your identity off of it. So you, look, you think that you are the sum total of all the experiences that you've experienced in this body, when this body is a temporary experience. You're a spirit having an earthly experience. You are a new creation, never existed before. The closest thing that existed to you before was Adam before the fall. And God is restoring you back to that place. But until you see yourself, the Bible says we look in a mirror and we look at dimly like we cannot. And until we're conformed into that image, God is trying to bring us back to the place where we recognize we recognize himself. So that when we see the mirror, we we see we see the father. When you look in the face of your brother, or your sister, you see you see the father. Because why wow, you created in his image and likeness. Now, that's not what today is about. Actually, today is about. Uh. I want to speak to you today about the Holy Spirit. We, we've dealt with the Godhead. We've seen that there's a direct parallel between the family and the Trinity. Uh, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of opinions about whether there's Trinity, whether there's not Trinity. It's right there in the Bible. Forget about the names that they've called it, who, who came up with the concept. It doesn't matter. 
in the beginning, there was the Father, there was the Word, and there was the Spirit. And it's all right there. It's all right there in Genesis 1, 1 through 4. In the beginning, uh, God created heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness is upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the deep waters. And God said, let there be light, right? Which is the word he spoke, amen? So, so in dealing with today, I'm trying to get this thing arranged right quick because I'm having a little issue pulling up my, I may have to do it on my phone instead because I know it's, it's right there. Okay. Hey, now we're dealing with the Holy Spirit. Have you, have you ever, I mean, as, as, a, as women, have you ever felt like you're just second? Like, like there's a role, but it, but you're a secondary factor in it. Like you, you are second to men. Like everything is like, even in the church, there's like not really a primary role that you see yourself in. You kind of just see, we are supporters, but we are not anything that is, that is equal to and, and importance to, to the man. And I'm going to tell you that that was not God's original pattern. In Genesis 1.27, God says, and God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, both male and female. And we dealt with this on the first day of our, of our, uh, of our series when we talked about the Trinity and the family. And, and I was trying to show you that when God created, the part he created was the spirit. And the spirit had the both. Now, it says male and female, but I like to use a different word because the way I'm headed with this, I don't want you to confuse what I'm saying. There was the maternal. and the, So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created him both maternal and paternal. It says male and female. But see, when I say male and female, you immediately think of sexuality. And I'm not talking about sexuality. There's no sexuality in the spirit. Spirits don't have gender. That's why the Bible says that in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, bond nor free. Because in the spirit, there is no hierarchy and there is no gender in a spirit. Okay. So when he created, he created the man, the maternal and the paternal together so that when he gave dominion, both of those would have equal dominion. You know, in the spirit, there's not a hierarchy. That means women aren't beneath men in the spirit. They are equal to men in the spirit. Now, in the flesh, there is, there is this, this level in here. And I don't know that it was originally intended to be that way, to be honest with you. Because after the curse, when, when, when this is in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 3, around verse 16, it tells, he tells the woman, he says, I'm going to multiply. Like, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to cause your, your sorrow to be multiplied. Uh, for you have a, a sorrow in childbirth and your conception would be multiplied. In other words, that, that meant that you're going to have to have more children and it's going to be painful. And so, and you're going to, your desire will be for your husband. In other words, and he will rule over you. Was that the original intent? Well, was that the product of the fall? Because now you can't, so, so maybe it was meant that the man and the woman, this male and this male maternal and 
this male and female in the physical, were meant to walk side by side each other and actually be equal in the garden. But now, because of the fall, she has to now come behind and he would rule over her. Because see, what God intends, what God is, does do in the spirit, uh, what is in the spirit was not necessarily what's being played out in the physical realm. And you say, where are you going with this? Because I'm trying to show you that the Holy Spirit is equal and is equal to the Son, equal to the Father. And the woman is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Now, don't if you're hearing gender, sexuality, you're missing my point. I'm saying that the nature that was in Adam, which is a picture of God saying, let us make man in our own image, so let him look like us, and I want them to also have, uh, to, be, to be formed in our likeness. So they're just like us. That was God's original intention in creation, right? And so when he did that, he made them to be like himself. So, so he made them, there's a maternal nature and there's a paternal nature, maternal nature and a paternal nature. Maternal means mother, right? We know what paternal, that means, you know, daddy's trying to figure out if them babies is really there, they have a paternity test. Right. So there's a maternal and paternal nature. OK, so. So I want to show you something here. Uh, let me see. I'm looking over here. The Holy Spirit is has been this ambiguous. Uncertain. Definity, like we have no idea who like it's kind of like this, like this is probably a perfect example right here. If, if you didn't know uh, Sister Beverly. Right, person. Let's assume you don't know her. Let's say you know you know uh, you know uh, brother Tracy here, and you know his his son guy, right? And so you would say this is Mister uh, Mister Keel, and you would say this is Guy, his son, and this is Mrs. Keel. You might say this is Mister and Mrs. Tracy Keel. But guess what happens? Like her her identity is absorbed into him. And so she doesn't even have a, like, you don't even really know what her first name is. You just know that she's Mrs. Mrs. Tracy Keel. And that's kind of what's happened in the spirit because, because the spirit, because of how we have, how, how sin has, has so infiltrated how we understand things, like the Holy Spirit is just absorbed into God and has no true real identity. So we, 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 we associate the Holy Spirit with, with things that he does. We think the Holy Spirit is like this, oh, ooh, I just had a Holy Ghost good time. It's running and jumping and chill bumps and it's speaking in tongues and it's all this stuff that it does. Everybody can brag on what Sister, what Sister Keo does. She makes an awesome pie. She takes care of them kids. I'm telling you, man, she's, you, when you see her, she goes to the PTA meetings. But if, do you know her by name? Who is she? By herself. Does she even have an identity? Is it just absorbed into Mr. and Mrs. Tracy Keel? And so I'm saying to you, the Holy Spirit has a is has an identity and a purpose. And now you say, well, how does this associate? Because listen, we're gonna get into how how you perceive the Holy Spirit has been directly associated to your to your relationship with your with your maternal your maternal uh, parent in your in your home. But but I'm needing to show you. So, so there's, you know, the Holy Spirit, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a lot of feminine references to the Holy Spirit when, when you're dealing with the Holy Spirit in the Bible. And I'm going to deal with those right now. So just like I talked about, 
uh, in Genesis uh, 1, like, like I said, verse 3 or 4, uh, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. This word moved is actually, uh, it's a Greek word. You got the, you have a Greek word? I'll pull it up. I got it right here. Rachaf. Rachaf is the word moved, and it means to, to brood, or by implication, uh, to flutter, to move, or to shake. Another word for this is to incubate, to brood. And you hear the word brood? You know, if you think about a hen, she broods over her chicks, she broods over her eggs, right? So what happens is the Holy Spirit is the one who's doing the work. Now, we can see creation. God has patterned man after himself, right? So we have the Father, and then we have the worries, and the Bible says, and God said, let there be light. What did he speak? He spoke a word. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So God spoke forth a word, and that word then was created by the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, Jesus is telling the story to his disciples. He says, a sower so goes out to sow. Some fell on the ground, some fell on stony ground, some fell among thorns, some fell on the wayside. And he begins to go through this whole, par- this whole parable. And they come to Jesus and they say, Lord, what does that mean? And Jesus says, the sower sows the word. And the thing about the, the seed, he, he relates the seed and the word to be, to be parallel to each other in his parable. The sower sows the word. Now this, but he was talking about seed so that he, they would understand what happens when a sower sows the word and it's, they're interchangeable, right? So the word seed in the Greek is the word sperma. So you get a picture that when God says, let there be light, the father speaks forth a word or a seed or a sperma and the Holy Spirit creates it. You know, you can't have creation without all three of them. We can have a man and he can have lots of potential within him. If he has seed within him and he has no woman, because what is what is the Bible saying? When God took this the, the, the rib out of Adam and he created the woman or created the, another person, the counterpart, the one called along, what does he do? He says, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, flesh of my, of my flesh. And he says, he calls her womb man. Womb man. That's what woman means. Because she has a womb. But the thing is, he has seed, she has the womb. And she creates. Without women, you have nothing. The Holy Spirit is that. Is that picture of the woman. Let me go forward further. You know, Jesus, uh, Jesus was talking to them in John chapter 14. He says, I'm, I'm going to send you a comforter. The comforter is going to come. Right? It's funny that he uses this, that this word comforter because this word comforter in the Greek is the word parakletos. And parakletos comes from two words, para and kletos. Para is the word we get the word parallel from, right? And kletos means a helper or uh, so, uh, means a helper. So literally the, the, whole, the whole word parakletos means one called alongside to help. Now let me ask you a question. What does that sound like? Does that sound familiar? Where was the woman taken from? She was taken out of the side of Adam. And why? Because she was meant to be what? A helpmate. 
She was meant to be a help me. She was taken out of his side and meant to be a help me. So she, like the Holy Spirit, is brought alongside him to assist him. That's what the comforter does. Because listen, you know, the Holy Spirit is responsible for nurturing and bringing and, and, and for rearing up. You know, a woman in the Jewish community, uh, historically, what would happen is the child would stay with the, with the mother and would be trained by the mother. She would teach them. She would, she would rear him up until he got to a certain age, usually around eight. And then he'd begin to spend time and go out and work with his father. And this thing. But, she, but she was responsible for educating him. And so we look at the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, if the, if the Holy Spirit is the maternal nature of the Father, then what ends up happening is the Holy Spirit is teach, responsible for revealing. What did Jesus say? He will reveal all truth to you. Now listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want you to see something here. When you start to see the Holy Spirit looking like your parent, a maternal nature, there is a fierce protection. There is a mother bear kind of protection that comes. Like there's an irrational, like I don't, my child can do no, no wrong kind of perspective. And I say this in the sense that like they are fiercely protective of their, of their children. And God made them to be so. Because he made her highly vested. Man, you, you bear a child in pain and you rear that child up. That separation means something when it, when it costs you something to, to bear a child. That father, man, he, he, he can go run off and go to work somewhere. But that mama, man, she wants to be right there. She's nurturing. She's bringing life. Why? You say this is instinct. No, this is inherent. It's the inherent pattern of God that you wonder why you're so emotionally attached to that child. is because like the Holy Spirit. So you know what? If your relationship with your mother is about performance, can't do no right. Mama always, you know, you know, and she require, has these requirements. She's fussing at me, all these kind of things like that. Then it, it may be that you have a very legalistic relationship with the Holy Spirit. So that's why it's easy for you to hear someone say the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin when it's not then when it's not it's not true. The Holy Spirit's not convicting. You say, wait a minute now. What about, uh, what about John chapter 16? The Bible says the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. No, he doesn't. The Bible says the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Not the believer. I say, then why am I under conviction? Because you're born of the Holy Spirit and you've got the same spirit. You're a product. You are a copy of God in spirit inside you. Your spirit is holy and it knows that when you do something wrong, it don't feel right no more. I was listening to uh, T.D. Jakes, and he said something. I thought it was so good. He gave this analogy. Can you imagine? A, and I'm just going to do this real quick. He, he gave this analogy of a, uh, uh, imagine you have a pig. And, you know, you get that pig, and you go clean it up. You know, try to train it not to get in the mud. I'm going to teach you. Don't get in the mud. I'm going to wash you up. Look how I clean you up. See that? See that nice little bow I put on you? What's that pig going to do? As soon as you turn your back, boom, he's going straight to the mud. And he's going to do that every single time. Why? Because by nature, by nature, he, the mud is comfortable. It is the place where I go. But, but then there's that. What happens if I take the nature and I do a nature transplant? And I take the nature of the pig out and I put in the nature of a lamb. Well, instinctively, probably fleshly, just the memory of that, I, I go to, I always, I always go to the mud hole 
The pig will probably run, jump in the mud, but then all of a sudden he gets in and he's like, wait, there's not something different here. What's that smell? Why is my food floating in this stuff? Why is there poo floating around with the stuff I eat? This don't feel good anymore. I'm not comfortable here anymore. And so he'll try to endure it, but he cannot endure it for long. And it's unfortunate because you still, if, if there are not another breed like him who will come in and say, hey, that's not you no more. Come on out of here. It's like, come on out. We, we the new breed of unclean things. Like we, we've been made clean, so we hang out over here. We're not like, we're not like the pigs that run to that anymore. We're not even lambs, but we're, we're something totally different. And so then what happens is now this new breed has a different behavior pattern that starts to develop. And so that's what's happened. When you get born again, then you have been given a new spirit. But the Holy Spirit, like a parent, like a teacher, his job is to, is to instruct you in the things pertaining to God. That's why the Bible says in Ezekiel 36, 26, it says, a new heart will I give you and I'll give you a new spirit. I'll take out the old spirit, or I'll take out the stony heart and put it in a heart of, uh, a, a heart of flesh, really your flesh. But the very next verse it says, then I'll put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statutes and my commandments. So the Holy Spirit, the maternal nature of the Father, like I said, you're not hearing me say, anybody that hears me say the Holy Spirit is a woman or a girl, you've misheard me. I'm saying there is the nature of the Father which is maternal and very protective and nurturing and educating, and his job is to bring is to cover and to, and to bring, to nurture you. Amen? You follow me? Okay. I'm still, still having to work off my phone here. And I got to get my face thing going. Boy. Okay. Um, so, so, the, so the parent spirit is responsible for creating, for creation, the new birth and the children of God. We are born of the Holy Spirit. Eve was, as all women are, a picture of the Holy Spirit. Another place you hear the scripture says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. That's in Ephesians 4.30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Okay. So, uh, so if we're looking at the family. Who is the most easily grieved in the family? The mother and father. Hmm? Probably the mother, right? Right. So, I mean, that's and that's normal. That's supposed to be like it's because why? Because she's her feelings are invested in this child. You understand what I'm saying? Like that, like she. There's another word that we hear. Matter of fact, this word is called El Shaddai. Anybody heard the word El Shaddai before? El Shaddai. Right. That's a, a name that God. Uh, I think it was given to Moses telling God, telling him that, that God was that, that he was El Shaddai, one of the translations. So this root shad, this root shad means breast. And so uh, if this is the origin of the term, then, the, then, then El Shaddai would likely mean many-breasted one. What? Yeah. Why? Because God is the provider. Like there's more, the implication is that there's more than enough. Like it's, a, it's like, you still see these maternal terms that have to do with God providing and being able to, to, to provide for his children. Now look at creation. I mean, we see if we know that it takes a father and it takes the, in the beginning was the father, the word, or the sperma of God. 
and, and the, maternal, the maternal nature of the father to bring about creation. We look at a pattern right now and we see that in the beginning, God the father dealt with men directly. And then he sent Jesus, and Jesus dealt with men directly, right? Matter of fact, they called him, they called him uh, um, um, man, <laughs> God with us, Emmanuel. <laughs> he called him Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us. So we had the Father, he dealt with man, humanity directly. Then we see Jesus, he comes, and who is here now? The Holy Spirit. Look at the process. It starts with the Father. Then the Word comes. And once the Word comes, the Spirit comes. Because what is the Spirit here for now? To create sons and daughters. Look at this. Do you see this? You have to have the Father. The Father sends the sperma, the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is John. John is telling us that the Word came next. And now that the Word has come, and it has done its job, now we're moving into the next phase of this. And what is it? To ultimately bring back the thing that God had. God is bringing about. The whole earth is groaning. Romans chapter 8. All the creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of sons, for the for the bringing forth of sons and daughters. And the Holy Spirit is now here not to condemn you, not to make you feel good. Come on. He's here. The Holy Spirit is here. The Spirit of the Father, the parent spirit. We call him the parent spirit. Why? Because another word for comforter was the word, Jesus said, I'll not leave you comfortless. And comfortless is another Greek word, orphanos, which means parentless. So we see the Holy Spirit in this parent role. In this maternal parent role, man, I, I, you know, I've looked at, I've, listen, I've been, in, I've been in heavy legalistic churches in the past, and I'm telling you, women have held the church together when there was no men there. I've, I, lived, I lived in a maternal, um, in, a, in a matriarch dominated family because my father wasn't around. We, women raised us men to be men. Because there was no father figure. And yet, they accomplished it. There were men raised up out of it. We weren't all, you know, affected. Does that make sense? And so I'm saying the Holy Spirit is here trying to bring forth a, a to bring back, bring you back to glory again. The glory of the image. The glory where you look like, where you look like the father. Amen. Uh, Jesus in Luke chapter 13, verse 34, he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which did kill the prophets and stone them that are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen doth gather her, her brood under her wings. See, the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of the Lord is also known as the, as the Spirit of Wisdom. Now, if you've, read, if you've read Proverbs, you find that there is a, that wisdom has also a, a very, uh, I call it a maternal reference to it or a feminine reference to it. And I, I hate using the word female and male because I don't want you, I'm not talking gender here. I'm, I'm really trying to use this word maternal because it, it just has more to do with a nature and less to do with a, with a, with a, a physicality. Because I don't want you to miss what I'm saying, but I do want you, especially 
all of us should really pull something out of this and that should be like man you remember that remember that 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 mother person in your life i don't care if it was a church mother if it was your grandmother and maybe it was your mother that you knew that just loved you so it could have been an aunt that just loved you so much and spent time with you and like they just just would hug you and comfort you that's the holy spirit that's the that's the picture it's as close as you can get and i, and I know it's not perfect they're, they're, the Holy Spirit's not patterned after them. They are patterned after him. So if they're even halfway partially getting this thing right, it's the closest thing you can relate. You see how you, see how you relate to a maternal person, to the mater, maternal uh, relationship in your family directly impacts how you see the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Father last week. I'm not talking about the Father this time. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person, but you know what? He's not even offended that you don't really know him in person. Like you, that you don't see him as an entity has with a personality. You don't personify him. He's not offended by that. Because you know, you know what, you know what mama in the family does? You know what Mrs. You know what Mrs. Tracy Keel does? She celebrates the victories of her husband and her children. She don't care that you don't know her because she she knows my role is I take care of my babies. <laughs> you ain't seen fire. Until you cross one of them. You understand what I'm saying? Because the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is that fierce over you. The Holy Spirit is not against you. The Holy Spirit is not working against you. It's not looking. To, it's not the one keeping notes on whether you do right or not. <laughs> He's the one that's comforting you. He's the one that's waiting on you to say, just tell me what you need. I'm right here. I've never, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. I am with you forever. Jesus said these things. Go back and read John chapter 14 through chapter 17. And I want you to, to reread about the Holy Spirit as John reveals it. And I want you to think of the Holy Spirit in more of this way. And as you begin to see, he will paint a picture for you about how, how very much, uh, benevolent he he is for you man so so the holy spirit is also known as the spirit of wisdom okay and i'm going to give you some scriptures that, that are going to, you're going to see this kind of a this kind of maternal quality okay uh in isaiah 11 2 it says and the spirit of the lord shall rest upon him talking about jesus and the spirit of wisdom and understanding remember i said the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. But notice what he said, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon Jesus, the spirit of wisdom. So I'm tying this to something, right? Then we see Isaiah 61, one, he says, Jesus quotes this in, in actually in Luke chapter four, but he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. So the spirit of the Lord is the spirit of wisdom, okay? Um, in uh, Matthew chapter 11, 19, Jesus is talking to uh, the Pharisees. He says, the son of man, they were accusing him. Oh, you know, you're just, you're hanging out with these sinners. And so what does he say? He says, the son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, behold, a man gluttonous and a wine giver, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. It all has, also has that in Matthew chapter 
eleven nineteen. Wait a minute, that's the wrong one. That's a duplicate, isn't it? That's a duplicate. Never mind. Um, Ephesians one seventeen through eighteen, that the Lord, uh, with, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of his glory and the inheritance in the saints. So the Holy Spirit is, is, is maturing us, bringing us to a place where we are, where we are, are to grow into something. Amen. We see a picture of this, uh, of, of what they're talking, in Galatians chapter 1, it talks about this, this air, though this air, right? I'm going to go read it, Galatians um, uh, chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is, an, is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in a bondage under the elements of the world. Now, notice that that this child is under governors and tutors. Remember I told you that in the, in the, in the Jewish uh, uh, customs, there was, that they would take the child, the child would spend his first eight years with his parent, with his mother. So her job was to nurture, was to teach him, to train him. You know, you don't have, when you don't have that, when you have families that don't, that don't have that, 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 that maternal relationship in the beginning, that child has developmental issues. Because that holding part is so, you know, the way, the way a man deals with a, with a child is different than, than the way a woman deals with a child. That woman is like, like she's got the patience to sit there and to hold and to, and to feed it. And, and man, like, that's what she, like, she, she is the one. He is seeing her face, you know. And sometimes that man, like, he don't have, you know, he don't have the, uh, the, the the resources to give that child depending on depending on how this child's being fed, like don't they don't want daddy? <laughs> they want they want they want mama because mama's looking into their faces, feeding them, and they're making this association, this nurturing association, and cooing them, and and talking to them, and changing them, and everything they're doing, they're seeing and looking, and, and so God is warning you by the Spirit to look into the face of the Holy Spirit. To see that that he is that he's teaching you how to speak. He's teaching you how to walk. How to walk. How to walk this thing out. Teaching you what is right, what is wrong, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. Teaching you the the teaching you about the Father. Teaching you about your identity. These things are coming by the Holy Spirit. Because what the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. If it weren't for the Holy Spirit, how would you even know? How would you know God? So God has God has given us uh, the Holy Spirit, and you know we get we get an opportunity uh, to be involved in this creation process. Now I told I told you that Jesus was over was born of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. The angel said that the Spirit of God will will overshadow you, and you'll conceive. And so we know also that if Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, you too also are born of the Holy Spirit in the same way. You're a new creation. The Holy Spirit parented Jesus in terms of bringing him into, into life, and he's parented us. And we have an opportunity to be involved in others being born in. I think 
what we need to know, we need to first of all understand is that it is not our job to parent spirits because you're not the parent of those spirits. We are at best midwives. So we assist in terms of we, 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 we preach the gospel. See, the, the word of God comes from, from us. Then that person believes and they're born again. Matter of fact, it says in Ephesians 1 13, it says, after you heard the gospel of your salvation, then were you sealed. You think about that. You think about how, you know, the, the reproduction process when a sperm comes in and there's an egg. And when once that once that sperm meets that egg and enters in, it seals. Nothing else gets in at that point. It's sealed off. And so even in being in the point, God is, is using an illustration here that brings it right down to the, to, to the microbial level of when does life begin? Because once a person believes they are sealed, life is them. No matter about what they're doing, no matter that, they, that they, they don't produce any kind of evidence. Because once a woman conceives, there's no evidence that can be seen that she's actually pregnant. But she's with child. She knows and she guards the fact that she has a child. The Holy Spirit knows when he's conceived someone. He knows the moment they've conceived. He knows the moment that the word went forth, the seed, the sperm of God went forth from our preaching. They believe you didn't even see it happen. They could be in a crowd like this and you think that you need to take them through this process. Of, first of all, let me take you through the Roman road and repeat this after me. And let's make this legitimate. It's an already happened. And it's like the wind. You didn't see it coming and you didn't know which way it was going. And you have an opportunity to be a part of that. And so once that, once that, that happens and you know this portion of the person is born again, our job then is to get them filled with the Spirit. We need to turn them back over to the Holy Spirit. You can't train them. Because what ends up happening is we start to police them and they fall under condemnation. And now we have aborted the thing that the Holy Spirit can see. When does life begin? Oh, ooh, life begins at conception, says the church. Life begins at conception. You guys are aborting babies left and right. Protest, protest, protest. You're going straight to hell. How many babies has the church aborted? Now, well, now I, I see you. You ain't really saved because you ain't been to church in about a week. We ain't seen you around here. Oh, you went back and you smoked some, you smoked some or shot some stuff. Oh, you ain't really saved because you ain't really, because you didn't transform completely. Come on, man. That is so wrong. That's why I say, man, we got streets full of people that are believers that are part of the church that are not recognized by the establishment. But the Holy Spirit. Protects what is his. He preserves what's his. Because some of them out there, they should have died multiple times in the situations that they're in. But who's protecting them? Because it ain't us. Because unless they come in here and pay some tithes, and, and I'm not talking about us, but I'm talking about in general. This is the general thinking of, of, of church, church thinking. Them is just sinners, and you know, them sinners. No. No. Salvation is by faith. Not by works. Because if it's by works, then it's earned. Those who believe have eternal life. Those who believe are not condemned, but those who believe not are already condemned. 
So I'm saying to you, when we believe we have eternal life, the Holy Spirit is the one who is birthing, who is, con- who is bringing forth conceptions that cannot be seen by the, by the outside man. God looks on the heart, man looks on, uh, God, man looks on the outward man. So, you know, I kind of ran through this. Let me make sure I don't have something else I, I, I forgot here. But I'd like to, to, to open it up to some short questions. We're not going to take it very long. Uh, but if you have, if you have a, a question, and I anticipate some of you in your minds probably are trying to mull this over because, like, whoa. How many can say, I heard this before? How many have even seen the Holy Spirit in this in this way before? And I'm sure there's some people that say, mm, "That's like, whoa, you you no." <laughs> I understand. I mean, not everybody agree with what I'm saying, but 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 we need to see this. Listen, to not believe this is to allow is to relegate women back to their place of just obscurity. You can continue, your mama don't matter, she's just second. God made you women to be a picture of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is as much God as God the Father and God the Son. He's not hidden in obscurity. When you know who he is and you just, man, man, I love my, I love my mama. I can understand when you start talking about, I'm going to tell you, man, <laughs> you got some hardcore gang- gangsters out there, man. And two things they won't let you talk about. They won't let you talk about God. They won't let you talk about their mama. <laughs> Reminds me of that Doritos commercial back in, when they had the Super Bowl some years back. Anyway, I don't remember that. <laughs> keep your hands off my mama and keep keep your hands off my burritos. <laughs> I you know I jokingly say that's why Jesus said, "Now I, you talk about my daddy, you talk about me, but man, you talk about the Holy Spirit. You can never be forgiven." Does <laughs> so anybody got a question? You got something you want to say, Pastor? I'm going to shut it down. Shoot. I ain't going to cry. Jim? Is that you going to take a <laughs> We got them rollover minutes going on over here. You know what I'm saying? So y'all... <laughs> Look, I got somebody throwing his hand. Got... <laughs> You're like, hold on, man. Shoot. Praise <laughs> uh, God. I hope this helps somebody. Is anybody, is this helping anybody today? Like we're, we're, we're talking about, the, we're talking about the maternal nature as, as relation to, 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 to the mother, how your relationship with your mother may impact how you view the, how you view, view the Holy Spirit. You'll find that you can relate more to the Holy Spirit in terms of this is, its, this is the Holy Spirit's literal personality. And you'll find that when you pray now, that you don't feel this ambiguous distance. Some of you won't, won't, can't receive the Holy Spirit because you think the Holy Spirit is judging you and you don't measure up and that's why you can't receive it. <laughs> no. The moment you ask, he shows up. 
I want you to take a moment to ask him to come in. Yes, sister. Yes. Right. Right. Especially if she thinks the Holy Spirit's job is to is to is to call you out on your dirt. And so when she doesn't understand that the Holy Spirit really is so patient and he's not there to pull, to call you out on your sins, but to but to to patiently wait and nurture you into into the change then you'd find that women would be less likely to, to, you know, you need to change. I'm, you need to stop doing what you're doing. She would just love him until he comes around. Does that make sense? State your position. You know, mama don't agree with that. And prophesy over him. Right? The, Spirit of, the Holy Spirit prophesies. Prophesy over him. Say, man, listen, you can't escape God. You know, you have been called from the beginning. God has, God has chosen you. You are a man of God. The spirit of God is with you. Even when you're out doing your thing, I want you to remember me and the Holy Spirit. It's hard to do some dirt, man, when you know your mama's sitting there with watching. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's some places, man, if I, if I had, if my mama had showed up, I probably wouldn't have done some stuff. Right? <laughs> it's like, man, it's just awkward, man, when mama show up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's stand. Amen. It's seven after. Pastor Shroffy said he'll take them rollover minutes for Sunday. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I want to pray for you. Father, thank you so much for for your children.